we now have to be awakened and we have been going through many of those things be awakened spiritually to know when what we need to know that we have to eat off the lord jesus christ and eat off his word it's more essential than the very nutrients that come from the food that we eat physically if we eat if we live from physical food only you know we we it we will die but if we eat the bread of life which is jesus christ every person that is here this morning that is facing an issue that is not bowing need to submit that their life and that issue to jesus christ and you will find hope in him you will find healing in him and that's why we're gathered here this morning and god one thing he will never do he will never disappoint he will never disappoint any of us rest assured that the lord jesus christ will never disappoint there are sometimes issues that are hindering our breakthrough hindering the miracles that he wants to produce in our lives and what the lord will do is show it to you by the holy spirit he will reveal so that you can adjust and if you adjust when you hear his voice then you will receive and you will constantly receive from the Lord. And that's why we come together so often. When we come together, what are we doing? We're addressing the issues that are there in our lives that are not consistent with scripture, which is preventing the manifestation of the promises of God from happening in our lives. So when, so coming and there's a special grace and a special anointing that is actually available when we um, come together as the body, as the body of Christ. Yes, there are um, you, you praying in your closet and, and um, worshiping in your home is more relevant than um, anything else. But no, you have to also be connected with the body of Christ. There's, there are things that God will bless you as you are about his father's business, as you are um, playing the part and the role in the area of his body that he has placed you and that's why it's so important that we be activated in christ in his body in his body and we've been dealing with a lot of the lessons that we started out dealing with are mostly in regards to the vertical relationship and that's the most important relationship the relationship with jesus christ the one of submission total submission and sometimes what we call submission like we have uh, gone through is not submission and i can tell you we have um gone through quite a number of churches and it's um submission is not a concept that is created in the mind based on experiences or based on examples that you have seen submission is the um from scripture that means jesus was describing to the disciples what it took for them to be uh, actually his followers those who were following him at that point what it took to be a disciple so we have been examining the, these things and then aligning, examine and align. If you examine and don't align, then the promises are not yours. and Your prayers will be hindered, hindered. And we don't want our prayers to be hindered. So we are aligning. As I hear something revealed to me from the word of God, I go, my God, give me grace. Let me align. Let me come into obedience. And um, so we, you know, today I want to talk about the spiritual law of honor, a little bit about honor. So most of it, like I said, those lessons had to do mostly with vertical, but no, we want to, there are some things that you can do in this kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. There are some things that you can actually do, some principles that you can learn in this kingdom that will allow you to be blessed, that you will allow, that will allow you to uh, flourish in your ministry, flourish in your ministry. And one of those things is honor, honor. 
And uh, you know, when I talk about honor, we're talking about we're talking about men because sometimes we underestimate the position that men actually play in God's kingdom. But if you go and I see a lot of this uh, happening, but it's not it's not God's um, thought and it's not in His Word because pretty much all of the breakthrough that we that are here are they're gonna come through a person. And, and the reason why it's coming through a person is because God ordained it like that because, because his body together is accomplishing something. So he has to connect us. And that's why some, some of your, the prayers that you've been praying to the Lord for will be answered in your closet. But then others, you will, um, you know, personally speaking, until we really connected with the body of Christ, with words in regards to ministry and so forth like that were never spoken over us. I actually was um, never, most of my life, I never had a, a prophet speak words over my life. And therefore, I never knew that I had a ministerial calling until I met a man that God placed under her and put an anointing on him. And that person spoke words over my life and over Kim's life that caused us to change all of our life. That means we were, I was... Um, in the secular world, working and um, building real estate and doing well. And that word that the, um, not one, but the confirmation also came, that caused me to leave everything and begin to pursue Jesus Christ in his entirety. So if I never met this man, my destiny would have never been unlocked. So, you know, we have to learn these principles that will, and the same thing with the, for example, look at the healing anointing. You know, you can meet a lot of people, but if you meet a person that has a, uh, if you are ill and you meet a person with a healing anointing, that's not to say that anyone can't pray for someone and they get healed. Yes, that is possible because we know a, a Christian that came to the Lord yesterday can pray for someone and they get healed or they get a breakthrough in another area. But a person that God has designated like a Benny him, and I know people criticize Benny him and so forth, but he has an, an anointing that I don't have. God has called him and put a, a mantle on him and placed him under hurt and say, at this, um, this part of my being, I want you to express this part of my being, which is the healing predominantly. And that's why when you, when you, when you see a guy like Ben Him now and you begin to think that, how would you um, want to get that mantle or get a blessing from him? It's by honor. It's through honor, and we have to uh, wake up to those things. Or we'll, we'll, we will ignore men and pray in our closet. And the Bible said that Jesus, Jesus, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Luke 2, verses 52. So you can have favor with God. And if you don't have favor with man, you can be broke. Or you can have a, um, a destiny and a ministry inside of you. But if you don't have favor with man, you can die and go to heaven and never accomplish your divine will. So this is very, very important. Luke 2, verses 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. In this kingdom, men met matters. Men matters in this kingdom, and we cannot ignore them. Even when you go in your closet and you pray, and ask the Lord for something. Majority of the time, the Lord will actually indicate. And we're going to go through examples in scripture to um, prove my, the, the point that I'm actually um, presenting now. That it's from the word of God. 
And if we're, you know, it's one thing to have an opinion or a thought, which the old man conditions us to um, produce. And, you know, but the Bible said to take captive every thought and bring it to the subjection of the spirit. So we have to go to the word of God and see what is actually written there. Men are carriers of the anointing and blessings we seek. And when I talk about, um, when I'm in referring to men, I'm not um, speaking about me. If, um, if I was going to tell someone to go after an anointing at this point in my life, I would not recommend myself. Because there are men, just to get myself out of the equation, because there are men that are on this planet that are truly, really anointing at higher levels. And you could be more effective if you were chasing your anointing. But that's not to say that the Lord um, don't um, use people in different dimensions and then mature you to different levels. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to those levels. Let's go to Matthew 10, uh, verses 40 to 42. Matthew 10. 40 to 42. It says, it says, he that receiveth you, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. So Jesus commissioning his disciples, basically um, allow, allowing them to know that if someone rejects you, I am commissioning you and sending you out. And if someone rejects you in rejecting you, they're rejecting me. Isn't that amazing? That God would put man in such a, an amazing position in his kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And we function in this kingdom. That Jesus Christ, when we, because we are born again, we're now functioning in, as a part of this kingdom that Jesus Christ was referring to. And the operational system of that kingdom is contrary to our minds and the way that we think and con construct thoughts and opinions. It, a lot of the times, it's, we have to be renewed. That's why we went about, um, into that teaching about being renewed in the mind and allowing the Holy Spirit to give you a perspective that is consistent with the word of God. Or the prejudices and the different um, things, experiences and the makeup of how we have been constructed from our past can really defeat us in truly receiving from Jesus Christ. And I know when you read the words of Jesus Christ, you realize that truly his thought life was impeccable. Like it, there was no um, influence of the world on him, none whatsoever. And it did not matter his genealogy. That played no impact who his mom was, who his brothers were. And, was, and he spoke to them consistently in this way. Right. So he was his his mind was thoroughly um, furnished and constructed by the spirit of God to think thoughts that were consistent with God. And if we are to, you know, if we are to accomplish everything that God has placed on our lives. We have to we have to take these things into account. Right. He said verses 41, Matthew 10. 41, verses 41, he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily is, I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his 
reward. It's just showing you the, um, the Bible said that we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. No, we are not, our thoughts and what we, or we operate and how we think. We don't look at things like the world would. So they, when we see that when uh, the world see a person that is a Christian honoring a prophet of God, they would, they would think, why is it that this person is elevating that person to that level? But that person doesn't have the spirit inside of them. They don't have this Jesus inside of them. They don't have the, um, this new life and, their, and this new reality constructed, constructed inside of them. And therefore, no, they will say we idolize people and, and, and stuff like that. And, and I believe a lot of the body of Christ has been pressured by this. And in doing so, we have um, shut down a lot of these prophets. We're so quick at times to speak against them, even when they make errors. But if we go study um, the reality of what happened, look at David. The Bible said that David had a heart, a heart after God. And Saul, I mean, these prophets these days are making, do they make mistakes? Yes, they make mistakes. But you know what? None of them is actually trying to kill you and I, like Saul was actually trying to kill David. But David knew that um, Saul was anointed by God and he refused to um, do anything because he was the Lord's anointed. And as at one point, he, he cut his skirt off and look what happened. You know what? The, the, he, he was convicted immediately. Right? So we don't look at people in the, the Bible said, know no man by the flesh but know them by the spirit, by the spirit. So the value that they have is spiritual in context. And we Christians, we truly know the value of a human being. And we truly know the value of a person that God is using in a certain context. And that's why we honor them. And if you honor them, because these men, I'm saying this here this morning, it's a very important lesson, honor. Because anything that you see in another man of God, an anointing that you see can actually be a blessing in your life that you can take and um, win the lost and you desire that anointing. The way to accomplish that and get that mantle on you is to begin to honor that person. Sometimes serve under that ministry or under that man of God or give or whatever the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit might guide you to do. Now we're gonna, let's take a, uh, uh, let's go to uh, Second Kings 5, and verses 1 to 14. 2 Kings 5, 1 to 14. Now we're going to see an example of, um, of what happens when there is a prophet around. Okay. Now we have a lot of politicians around. Right. We have a lot of um, different, you know, we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus Christ. There is an answer in him. For the issues that you're going through. Absolutely. There is an answer in God. For everything that is happening in your life now. And you must seek God. Single mindedly. Single mindedly. For solutions. Don't use. Don't run. Unless the Holy Spirit is the one. Is leading you. Don't just run to ABC. All the other avenues. That you can get a breakthrough. The Bible said that God will share his glory with no man. So. When we are pursuing three, four different options, just in case God doesn't come through, it's in our, the back of our mind, just in case God doesn't come through and our actions are consistently speaking like that. 
but we're going before the Lord and expecting him to answer. And God said, I will share my glory with no man. So the answer to your prayers in that, the grace of God is still there, okay? But your answer to your prayer is more than likely uh, no. God is merciful and graceful, and he's going to give you time to, um, to come around, to grow up, and to begin to trust him. And he will allow you to, you know, kind of go around and see that there are no solutions out there except him. So let's look, uh, let's read from uh, verses one. It says, no Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master. I'm going to do a couple of observations as we read, because I was, as I went through this text, I realized how the people back then, whether they were worshiping God or whether they were in evil. But one thing I noticed with them is that they obeyed spiritual rules and laws. It's like innately, they just did it. So some of the, my observations, I will just stop and uh, we focus on it a little bit. I believe if we focus on these things, you know, it's the little foxes sometimes that ruin the vineyard. The little things in our life can actually stop God from truly exploding in us. And we need to deal with them as the Holy Spirit reveal these little things that are, you know, not pleasing to the Lord. And he wants us to mature from. We need to uh, recognize them. He says, and it says, so now I'll go from the beginning again. No name and captain of the host of the king of Syria was a great man with his master and honorable. Because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. He was a leper. You see that? This uh, man here had everything, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. Verses three. And she said unto her mistress, would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria. Samaria. You see, that's why it's not good to overlook anyone in your life. Don't be too quick to overlook people because they are, they don't look like they're in a position where they can be a blessing to you. They might connect you to your, uh, your kingdom helper. Just, you know, out of um, scripture, understanding that they're a child of God, honor them in that. So they, they're, they might not... Um, have all of the factors consistent with what the world would um, look at as someone notable or influential. Because look at this, right? It says, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and brought away a captive, brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. So this Syrian captain is healing was going to come through someone that he probably overlooked more than anyone else in his circle. I don't think he probably focused on her a lot. But look at this. And she said unto her mistress, would God my Lord were, were, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And, and one went in and told his Lord, saying, thus and thus said the maid, that, it, that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go to, go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And, and this is very notable here, what he did. She spoke of a prophet. And, and the, the king did not talk about contacting this prophet. You see that? 
he understood he understood authority and he said i will send a letter unto the king of israel and he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver and six and six thousand pieces of gold and 10 changes of raiment why would he do that why would he do that you see he's look he's seeking to have favor with this king because he heard that this king had this had the secret to his healing to his blessing and he know was um applying something that he learned that was spiritually in context honor and he was bringing gifts so he can open up this person to his kingdom right and in doing in approaching the king and not the prophet you know he could have easily said why don't we get someone to go and speak to the prophet and had the king heard of this he would have said why wouldn't he come and address me before and let's go to verse six and he brought the letter to the king of israel saying now when this letter is come unto thee he said behold i have therewith sent naaman my servant to thee that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy i'm just showing you in doing so let's also observe the limitations of the kings let's also uh, observe the limitations of our ministers our so-called presidents that you know you look at the the mayhem that is happening in the world because all um, people are trusting men politicians to make um, give them breakthrough it's it's laughable it's laughable they don't have the answers that's why i don't know what justin trudeau is actually saying about like the covid um, in canada and it doesn't really matter to me right i'm not i'm not reading the news and thinking oh they're coming with the vaccine so hello we're gonna live that is not my methodology at all because they i mean they don't know if it's gonna work but what we are christians we're believers in the lord jesus christ and he has made provision as subjects of his kingdom for our health and we need to subscribe to that we need to have faith in him and get rid of uh look at the americans they're mad they are they are mad people by the millions killing this politician this I'm not, I'm not saying that god don't use politicians but they are not the answers it's a big hocus pocus lie they can the, the idea is to trust the lord jesus christ you know god gave to the body of christ psalms 91 and in, in particular with my, my household, as we prayed before the Lord, the Lord gave us instructions in regard to taking the communion. I don't care what no politician is doing. It's just, you know, they do play a part, but not the part that people are, at least it's, I wouldn't say it's true Christians that are doing this, it's the world. But if we are doing that, it's a form of double-mindedness let not that man think that he will receive anything of the lord this is what the scripture said a double a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways we are saying this today because i know that each and every person here like myself like him there are things that god has spoken over our lives that we are um having an expectation that these things will happen and we know that double-mindedness will not allow this to come to pass so we have to look to Jesus Christ only. And verses seven, and it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter, he, that he rent his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive? 
that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy. Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And, uh, you know, so this king was basically, at least this king was a honest king. Not like these politicians these days that's telling everybody that they're, you know, uh, promises of um, what they can do. I mean, you know, those are f all f false promises. Yeah, do the best that you can do in the position that you have. And if you can allow people to get help, I'm saying go ahead and do that in a practical way. But don't overpromise. You know, this king saw and knew his limitations. He said, he was like, am I God to kill and to make alive? Why is this man telling me to heal someone of leprosy? Men must understand their limitations. And that's what happened when you truly have even politicians that go in office and they don't know God. Or they don't know God to a large extent and they don't trust him. They're not having a relationship with him. How can they now guide you and I? That's why Jesus eliminated them when he said, my sheep hear my voice. He eliminated them out of the equation that we might hear his voice. And that's not to say that God can um, have you involved in uh, the political process. I do think that he has you, have you involved. It's just that people are, you know, you know, when I look at even the U.S., I say, oh, can they, oh, can Christians be so involved? Like they're looking now to a politician, even if God said he's going to use him. But the whole, everybody begin to look at this man as if he's God. And it doesn't matter which party. If the next one come and he has that same opinion, we're not looking to any of them. God is God. That might keep you in my voice. We know what the Lord, we can hear the voice of God and know his will. We can have confidence that he can protect us, provide for us. And now we put these men in their proper perspective. Verses 8, and it was so when Elijah, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. You see, he understood the position that God had put him in. Therefore, he said, he shall know. Let him come now to me. Let him come to me. Not let him come to God. To me. Isn't that, you see, oh, uh, bold and confident that man was in his position that God had put him in. And that's how we need to, um, this is the same type of confidence that we need to have. And we need to know how to unlock the people that are around us with the different anointings and graces that can actually open door for us. Doors for us, that spiritual doors. And if we ignore men, Look what, let's, let's read a little bit more. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times. Now this man of God, no. You know what? The, the, some, notice this here. By the spirit, by the spirit, this Elisha, this prophet, he already realized that this Naaman was a prideful man. He, uh, he was full of pride and arrogance. And he said he refused to go and speak with this arrogance. He was like, and Elijah sent a messenger unto him, said, saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again unto thee, and thou shalt be clean. Simplicity. The men of God are some, sometimes very simple. And he didn't even want to. Maybe if he had gone out there and actually speak to him, he would have not given him the instructions, and he would have just kept his arm, the healing, and not blessed him. Because he knew that he was a prideful man. 
But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he surely, I, I, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. So he expect he expected fireworks. He expected 21 gun salute because he is a captain. But you know what? In this kingdom that Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. Uh -uh. Things are done a little bit different. God will give the prophet instructions on how he should conduct his affairs. And that's what he did now. And let's go to verses 12. And look what he says here. He said, are not Abna and far, far rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? See, he's getting into them. His, um, his old condition, old thought process, the old man of how it was constructed. And sometimes we do the very same thing. He said, may I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage, in rage. Verses 13, look at this now. You see the simple people? Jesus referred to these people that are very simple in their, um, in their ways, like little children that are not eager. And the Lord will send you. This is what the Lord will do. He will send you to, you know, sometimes we will see like prophets that, you know, we don't like their extravagant um, dress or um, certain things about them because of a makeup that is inside of us that is biased based on our own experiences. We now judge a person who we see demonstrating that very thing. And that thought is not consistent with God. It's consistent with man and the experiences of men and the mind of men and the prejudices and the limitations of men. And what we need to do is have our mind renewed. Have our minds renewed. Look at this now. Let, let's look at a person who is just kind of like, don't really have a position. And therefore there is no um, combining ego, pride and arrogance. Verses 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldest thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, wash and be clean. Simple instruction. And you know, I'm saying this, the Holy Spirit will take you for your breakthrough to the situations and circumstances that when you see them, your mind will say, and nope at all. And if you do that, the, the, your, your breakthrough will sit. It'll sit. You're not going to get it the way that you designed it. God will give you instructions on which part of his body you should be. And I, I, You know, this is, this is the, um, what it means to be led by the spirit. It's not being led by your mind, your will, your emotions. The construction of your thought process, consistent with your past, consistent with your um, genealogy with your mom, your dad, and all of those. And we thank God for the part that they play. But we just got to understand that when we come to Jesus Christ and he talks about this newness, it really meant it. It really means that he can, he can give you the grace and the ability to become a brand new person. Verses 14, then when he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, he probably was steaming. He probably had, it's a good thing he went to that water. So according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto, unto the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. The idea when we come to Jesus Christ is to surrender, give our lives to Jesus Christ and not be led by the spirit. That there is a voice. There is a voice that will speak to you and guide you into everything that you need to do. Everything. And we need to cut out the other voices. 
follow that voice and then apply the apply the principles like we're talking about now, like honor. And you will see, oh, you know what will happen? The heavens will open above you. Talk about walking with an open heaven. When you observe these spiritual truths, you can walk with an open heaven. There is no doubt that Jesus Christ walked under an open heaven, that the life that he actually lived was fully, was fully surrendered to the Father. And that his mindset and his operational system was by the Holy Spirit. And it, didn't it did not matter the pressures that came from his surroundings. He will, they, they never had a chance. They never had a chance to influence him. And we have to be that strong. We have to be that militant in the mind by the grace of God. In especially in this day and age, 2021, they were uh, with all the distractions, all the advertisements, all the voices, right? They define success for you before you get to five, 10 years old. You already know what sex success looks like. And you have, you have it like etched in your mind what it is that you're going to accomplish. Do you now see the work? When you get to 20 years old now and you said, you realize, wow, I need to receive Jesus Christ. And you receive Jesus Christ. But then you still have this mindset that has been constructed inside of you since as far back as you can remember. How do you now undo all of that? By the power of God. And that's why this is what, this is what we're um, getting into today. Let's look at another example out there. Let's go to Acts 9. And we'll read uh, three verses, uh, three, then we'll jump to four and then verse, uh, verses eight. So Acts nine, verses three, talking about Saul and his conversion. We're talking about, about honor here. We're talking about how men have the anointings, the keys that can unlock your destiny. And um, the way to allow them to do this is to honor, honor them. He says, and talking about Saul, he says, and he journeyed, as he journeyed, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why prosecutest thou me? Let's keep two verses here. So he, Saul encountered Jesus. Look at this. And Saul arose from the earth, and his eyes were, and, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So, I mean, usually when people encounter Jesus Christ, if they are blind, they receive sight. If they are deaf, their ears open. Whatever impediment, whatever issues they have, they're usually healed. But not in this particular case. This man, I don't know if there's uh, too many people in scripture that actually encountered Jesus and they were blind. But it happened here. Now let's skip over to um, 17 and 18. And we know, um, we are familiar with this um, scripture. Oh, the Lord, let's actually go from verse 11 so we can get full understanding. Or actually verses 10. It said, and there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. 
And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayed. And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Look at this now. This is another observation I made. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on, his na on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for it's a chosen vessel uh, unto me. I want to, ob the observation I made here is that, you see, unless you're walking by revelation, uh, God is truly giving you revelation as to the true position of yourself as to, to the true position of facts and information we have no clue where they stand because what ananias was saying here that he heard concerning paul was true but it was old news and sometimes the information that we're going on has been changed and the only person that can bring us up to um speed with the with the things that are actually happening is by the spirit you have to know by the spirit so things are constantly changing in our lives right with our relationships that we have with people things are constantly changing you might have been dealing with a person last year and um it might have been a bad relationship and now the lord is um connecting you back with that person it's a new person but you're still going after the old person you see why we have to be um having revelation that is given to us by the holy spirit and in, in speaking about honor right this is not negating any aspect of the spirit because you have to be led by the spirit it's the holy spirit that will actually lead you to these people that are um able to um or, you know do something in your life that uh, open a door in your life that god wants to open because god has um, planted them on the earth and anointed them for this very reason but it's the spirit of god that will actually direct you to them it's not that you just pursue whichever one that you want it's not that you just go you know i admire this um prophet i'm gonna um i am going to take a plane and go serve in his ministry that's where we want to consult with the holy spirit and make sure that we're being guided this is not to know go and swing the other direction and begin to put too much trust in men that's not what this is, is about. I'm beginning to put oh, uh, too much trust in men. And then easily we can be taken off course. The spirit of God is the one that will guide you. So now God, verses 15, is going to um, bring him up to speed to, new, to news that is actually current. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou comest, had sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So here's a man that met God and he was blind and he met man and he received his sight. And it was all orchestrated by God. Uh, verses 18, and immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been, scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose, and was baptized. Let's look at, really quick, at another scripture. We're going, I'm, I'm not going to take long. I know, you know, you guys were so patient this morning with all of the 
issues that we um we had and um you actually you know came back and we're not gonna go for too long let's go matthew 3 and we'll read 13 to 17 matthew 3. even jesus recognized this he said then cometh jesus from galilee to jordan unto john to be baptized of him but but john forbade him saying i have need to be baptized of baptized of thee and comest thou to me and jesus answered said unto him he said suffer it to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness then he suffered him so here was jesus right the greatest man god and he needed a man to unlock his ministry and he never thought it, this person was um, dressed in um, camel skin, right? No shirt, no fancy boots, and none of those type of things. And the Lord didn't prejudge him. He just knew that he was the prophet. And he said, suffer it to be so now for it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. We don't necessarily have to um, agree with or like everything. But if the Lord is sending you, if the Lord is the one that is bidding you to go, then just go and play the part that he wants you to play in the prescribed way, honorable way, and receive. And then move on down the road with the business, with God's business, so that you can accomplish your will, so that you can accomplish your ministry. And your ministry, remember, no, that's why I, I, I will take a beating. And, and we thank God we never had the revelation, my seven Kim never really had the biblical revelation of this, um, you know, this truth that is in God's word, but somehow the Lord had embedded it in us before. So when we now began to go to church and they wanted um, us to serve and so forth like that, we just did. It didn't matter. Some of the people that I actually served under, actually, they were all younger than me. The pastors that I, that I um, you know, learned under, they were all younger than me. And could they instruct me? Absolutely. I would do whatever it is because, you know, I just realized that my service was not, uh, I was honoring them, but my service was unto God. I was um, pushing for the, the business of heaven, which had to do with the souls of men. And that was more important to me than um, my ego. Right? Because I want to see, I want to see people saved. I want to see people healed. I want to see, this is why we're doing what we're doing you know yes our love for your love for jesus will now propel you to begin to um live a life that is uh just not of the old man any at all and it's a life of serving it's a life of giving you commit yourself to this and then you don't just go because god wants jesus was one above all things jesus was a, the greatest teacher the greatest teacher and if he jesus was the greatest teacher and is Stephanie here? I don't know if Stephanie's here. Yes, yeah, Stephanie's here. Stephanie, you went to um, school and you got yourself a PhD. That proved that you're a good intellectual student. I'm gonna watch you over the next couple of years. Eh? I wanna see, know that you have the greatest teacher, Jesus Christ. I wanna see what you're gonna make of him. Mm -hmm. Hey, Stephanie, calling you out, girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just an example, Stephanie, that came to me in the moment, right? But Jesus Christ is the greatest teacher. So now, how can we Christians? Then that means we have to know, take the lessons that he has taught us in humility. In humility. And move on 
and accomplish that which God has put on place on your life and bear fruit for the kingdom of heaven so that we can put a smile on Jesus's face. You know how you put a smile. I know how to put a smile on the Lord's face. Eh? It's to get up, go outside and say, Lord, who is it that is out here to be saved today? That's his business. Souls. He burns for that. Amen. Psalms 105. Let's go to Psalms 105 as we wrap up. We'll go to Psalms 105. We're in the last few minutes. Thank God this morning that he gave us grace, irregardless of the technical um, issues. And he brought us back here that he could bless our lives. And verses 14. Look what God says about, he says here, he says, he suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes saying touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm and do my prophets no harm this is god not in the context of the flesh in the context of the anointing the gifting the calling that is on their lives god value them when they value it god value them <clears throat> in another dimension from it's like taking your relationship with Jesus Christ to another level. When you subject everything to him and begin to live for him. You see that? He suffered no man to do them wrong. He, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. <clears throat> that is when a person truly mature into the person that God has constructed them to be, the value that you have with God that he would do this. It's amazing. <clears throat> so in a nutshell, I had a, a few more scriptures I wanted to um, go to, but I'm gonna actually leave those because I think we made the point in a shortened version of the service that we wanted to do this morning. But yeah, I believe, and I, you know, actually last week, it's funny, last week uh, I couldn't get a word that's, uh, to, to speak. And I realized last week the Lord did not want me to give a word. Last week we shared testimonies. After I went down before the Lord about six times throughout the week, asking the Lord for a word to give. And I realized that the Lord was not speaking to me. I go, I guess the Lord has some other plan. And we had a lovely service where people just uh, shared their testimonies. And we, had, we allowed everyone, especially in the season where they're locked away, to kind of express their thoughts and so forth. And it was just one, really wonderful. But while that was going on, the Lord gave me like um, three different lessons last week before that service was um, over. The Holy Spirit gave me the next three lessons. And this is actually the first one. And these are um, these lessons are going to focus on... Um, the dynamic of um, the horizontal relationships that are needful in our life. Are we steward each other's as brothers and sisters and so forth? And when, you know, when the Bible talks about unity and there are different factors that will allow unity to come into play because you know, we have been talking about seeing a level of God, even in this ministry and in our lives that we read oftentimes in books, we see oftentimes on um, screens, but it has eluded us personally, as if it's a figment of our imagination. But yet still, it's presented in the word of God as a promise to you and I that we'll actually walk in these levels of God. So, you know, and 
at the invitation of God. He has called us into this ministry and um, spoken in advance of these levels. And, and some of you guys that are even here now, I have spoken to and God has spoken to you guys about these levels of breakthrough of the power of God in our lives. So now the work that is consistent with getting to those levels is what we have been exploring over the last few uh, months in a no-nonsense way, in a way that we will see it written in scripture and then we say, Lord, now give us the grace that we might align. We're not denying it. So we, we refuse to do what we have consistently been, we have seen in churches. We're not replicating that. We're going to the word of God and however uncomfortable it is. I mean, I don't find the word of God uncomfortable, quite frankly. Because I don't see, you know, I, I, still has not, I still have not seen the scripture where God has, has told me to harm myself. Cut your harm off. I've, I've not seen that. Everything that is in the word of God. Even if it's a, a cha challenging level to attain, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. So we need to, um, when the Lord give us something as a change this area, we need to relish those things and say, yes, Lord, give me now the ability to do so. As we begin to look at each other, truly, from God, through God, God's eyes, and begin to value not only the fact that we, are, we have been created in the image and likeness of, of our creator, but also even as the Lord has called us and played, placed us in his body with different graces and different mantles, we will begin to fellowship and function together and we will bear great, you know, we, it'll, it's the key to our personal breakthrough uh, and even also to our ministries. So Father, I just give you praise and thanks this morning for that word, oh Lord. Lord, I thank you for your people that are gathered here today, oh Lord, to hear. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that this would not be intellectual, oh Lord, but it would be spiritual. Because you said in your word that the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Let the anointing that will cause us to shift into alignment with this word, let the revelation of this word, oh God, let the revelation of the value that you have put in your prophets, oh Lord God, and in your people, let it come, oh Lord God, that we will begin to honor each other, oh Lord, that we will begin to serve and respect each other. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, let each and every person walk away this morning. With, let that revelation, let it be embedded in us all by your spirit. That as we go forward, oh Lord, the things that you have spoken over our lives, they will begin to happen. That there will be a performance of your word in our life, in our ministries, because we are walking in obedience. Because we are walking in spiritual wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So we give you praise and thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. everyone and uh when anybody was speaking earlier well, when he was praying and then he said we're a little bit late and then i just felt the spirit said you know what i'm a right on time god so god is right on time he's never late yeah. so you just uh bear that in mind and also what was coming to me was the story of david and how david honor because i was thinking of the word honor and how david honor even in his times of well, going through hell on earth, pretty much, because when Saul was just 
after him for his life. And then in all of that, even when he could have taken Saul out, he said, you know what? I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointing. And in doing so, let me just go back to this, because even in the word, when it talks about children obeying their parents and even honoring them, why is that? Because that instruction is there. And then it says that your days may be long. Because whenever God gives you an instruction, it's to protect you. So that's the reason for that. It's not to make you any less or to put you down, but it's to preserve you, to preserve your life, to preserve your way in every instruction that he gives, right? So that's why you honor your mother and your father, because the instructions that they'll be given, it will be life preserving, right? Because they have been ahead and they understand more, right? Especially if they're like godly parents anyway. So going back to the story with Saul and, and David, and when the men under David would see how he would honor and just hold this place in God, even them started to honor David in that sense, because guess what? You are gonna be in a position where in which it's gonna be your turn for people to honor you. And what you have done to those that have gone before you is the same way that you're gonna be treated, the same way that you're gonna be honored. So now David men, even David said, you know what, it will be so good because they were in the wilderness, you know, being chased by the enemy. And then he was just saying how good it will be just to drink some water from the well. I think it was Bethel. And those men, I think it was three of them, they risk their life just to get some water. So David would just quench that desire that he had within him because they honored him that much. And this in return is what David did after he saw how those men loved him and honored him. And he said, you risk your life just so I could get a drink of water. And what he did, he poured that water out and he didn't take a taste. He said, because this water could have been your blood. You could have died. I love you more than this water that you got for me. And because of that, I'm not going to even put it to my lips to quench that thirst. We're in the same boat. We're going to stay here and we're going to do this together. And that within itself is just honor. And how the Lord is just teaching me what honor look like, you know? I just go before and I just say, you know what? Give me a heart, Lord, to serve you, to honor you. Just the way that these men that were before, how they honored, how they serve, and how they love. So I just wanted to share that. And then I was even thinking... Okay, God, because we know these things sometimes. So why is it that we don't do this? And then the Lord was, the Holy Spirit was revealing to me that, you know what? Man has a soul and then you will choose, right? Because of how you see things, how your soul, how your spirit interpret things to you. And then now in Psalms 103, this is when David would speak to his soul when he's down and when he's just looking at everything else around him versus focusing on God. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. This is him just speaking to his soul saying, you know what? Despite what everything looks like, you need to bless the Lord within me and uh, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because when you bless the Lord, when you honor the Lord, there's all these benefits that comes because it's always for your preservation. That's why, you know, you honor and that's why you bless the Lord. And then it comes, all these things comes afterwards. And then it says, who forgive all my iniquities and heal all my disease, right? Because these are the things that come. It just automatically comes when you do these things. Who satisfy my mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. I just wanted to share that with you guys. And then you can take it back over. Amen. Oh, praise God. That's, um, that is just awesome. I got to give you that revelation right here. 
because I know this was not something that you um. No, I will just sit in here. So praise God. We give yeah. we give God praise and thanks. And um, now we're gonna we really want to um pray for um those people that need prayer for anything in their lives. Uh, yeah, like we want to pray for big prayers. We want to come together in small settings and pray big prayers. Exactly. We are like just crazy when it comes on to prayers because we know God can do the whole thing. And regardless of your situation right now, where two or three are gathered in his name. Hello. He can do anything. You will do anything. Yeah. And as we align with his word, we're making it um, legal in many, in many cases for God now to move in our lives. All right. So we'll just uh, open it up. You can type your uh, prayer request. And now uh, we'll just begin to pray. And don't be shy. I know people are sometimes a little bit hesitant. I refuse to, um, to you know, I know people are there. Are, 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 I've, actually, I know some folks here that uh, need prayer. Hello. I know some folks here that need prayer. I know I know who you are. I'll put y'all on the spot. Yeah. I, and I will even begin to call up names. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Just kidding. Okay. Andrea wants prayer for discernment. 